Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. This kind of sick. Zion's gonna want out soon. Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Reenings, and today we are covering the NBA Media Day 2022. We're recapping it yesterday. Um, Monday, September 26th, we went over the entire media day. We covered the Nets, Celtics, Suns, a little bit of the Lakers, Clippers, uh, Grizzlies, if I didn't already mention that. We were covering teams. We were even getting a little, um, action on the Raptors. So we were covering a handful of teams. We were posting clips. So I was definitely excited for all of that. I, it was just sheer pandemonium. I had multiple live streams going because, of course, NBA TV couldn't do anything, right? Why would they? They just had guys talking about we all wanted to hear the press conference, interviews, all that stuff. So I was giving links to guys for that, and I kept retweeting stuff as appropriate. But yeah, we kept going through that. We also uh, linked you guys to the Cavaliers training camp roster. But we got to see a lot of interesting stuff from fun stuff like Jimmy Butler's new uh, hairstyle with his dreadlocks to um, seeing guys just having fun, just getting their picture taken, just really having a day just to chill, hang out before training camp, which started today. We had reporters ask um, interesting questions like uh, they wanted to talk about the grills. You know, special stuff that players like John Morant got on their teeth because why not when you have all that money? Well, one, uh, one reporter asked John Morant about that, and he was just taken back. And you heard um, I posted a clip that LeBron James was – uh, being interviewed, and one guy's like, oh, hey, LeBron, you have great hair. That just, that caught me off, that caught me off guard. Same with uh, LeBron James. Like, those are the cool moments. Then you got into more of the serious moments where the Phoenix, some Phoenix Suns players like Devin Booker, like Chris Paul, uh, DeAndre, uh, James Jones, my Williams, all those guys are talking about uh, Robert Sarver, talking about the upcoming season. Then you had the Celtics talking about Joe Mozalla, Mozalla and how he's going to be uh, the MU Doka stuff. That shit's been plastered everywhere. Like I, You couldn't miss it even if you wanted to. You just couldn't. So there was a lot of interesting stuff. So how we have it broken up for today, after we get through social media, we're going to go through key takeaways from the NBA media day of 2022, and then we'll analyze further something that happened within the Phoenix Suns hour, hour and a half uh, live stream, press conference, interviews, whatever you want to call it, because it's actually very interesting and it involves this player with his contract and maybe forced to say these words. Before we get to that, we're going to get to the important information. So, without further ado, let's jump right into it. Let's just cover social media. Um, like I was saying, on the 26th, uh, yesterday, we were just going all out. I was going all out like a madman. Two to three live streams going, just trying to record just trying to type up, trying to listen to what players are saying, coaches are saying, what people are saying, then putting that into Twitter. So you already know about Twitter. You can find me at Courtside Heat. Uh, Facebook's the same, Courtside Heat. Uh, Instagram is Courtside Heat NBA. You can also find us at YouTube, Rumble. YouTube is Court 
uh, space, side, space, heat. So it's three separate words. It's not all together. It won't, we won't come up for some odd reason if you put it all together. So just remember to space it out. We're also on Tumblr if anyone cares. And also, if you're feeling generous today, you want to make a quick $5, $3 donation to keep us just going, just just making sure the way we still get, I'm still able to get out all this amazing content from videos to articles, providing you guys the best stuff possible. Just go to my Patreon. It's in the description below, but it's just like patreon.com. Search up Quartz I Heat, Bang Bada Boom, You're Rockin' and Rollin'. Again, that's going to be in the description below. It will be much appreciated. Be yeah, to check us out on social media, on all social platforms, video platforms. And remember, this site is QuartzSideHeat.com, and our membership site is QuartzSideHeat.substack.com. Again, that is QuartzSideHeat.substack.com, and our regular site is QuartzSideHeat.com. So that's all there. Let's jump right into the key takeaways from NBA Media Day 2022. There's going to be a, no other breaking news because why? It was all reported within Media Day, anyways. That was a huge arching topic of the day. That's all. That was just the main event that was happening. It just was. So we're going to start off with the Clippers. Um, and I know. You heard from a lot of guys, but I'm just taking the key takeaways, the most important stuff that I feel is the most important, and that is the most important, ranked by other reporters, journalists, websites, all this stuff, right? So we're going to start with the Los Angeles Clippers. They had their uh, press conference interviews for 12.30 p.m. yesterday, and that is for AZ time, so it would have been 3.30 your guys' time if you're on East Coast. So, actually, really good news. Everyone was optimistic. Everyone had good vibes. Kawhi Leonard, and this is the first point, said he feels stronger since leaving the league due to injury. So, since tearing his ACL, he took the season off. You gotta remember, it was like in the semifinals. He tore it. It was his season was over, and he couldn't come back. So he was in rehab. And he outlined that rehab process. He didn't go into all the details, but he did say he was excited to have basketball back to his life, able to play the game again. He did say that um, if the Clippers did make the finals last season, he would have came back early. That was like a guarantee. He would have made sure that happened. But yeah, a reporter asked uh, how he's feeling, if he's feeling better, stronger since his. Uh, injury and Kawhi said, Yeah, and I'm of course paraphrasing just for um, I found the direct quote, um, the exact quote, but he's like, Yeah, I feel stronger. He's, he's he seems like he's ready to play. He was in good spirits, especially for Kawhi. Because I'll never forget four years ago when he said, I'm a fun guy with a straight face, that was the greatest thing ever. But yeah, he said he feels stronger, and that's what you want to hear because he now he did say this. That he's just going to go through the progress. He's going to go through. Continue that progress. Just continue through that rhythm. Just going through that routine. Like okay does this hurt? How is this progressing? Are you feeling much better? How's that knee? Any soreness? Any ink in there? Uh, how good is it? Stuff like that. Questions, answers. All that fun stuff. So he said it's still going to be that. He's taking him day by day. He's going to try to go all in on training camp. His plan's going to be there for the start of training camp, which is today. So, that's his plan. That is pretty clear. It's straightforward. He's going to take it day by day, moment by moment. He's feeling stronger. That's a plus for the Clippers. That's a huge plus. Now, my next point, because this all ties in, also with the Clippers, and this features Paul George. He said that getting John Wall, so Paul George said that John Wall was a piece that was needed. As he mentioned that so much was put on Reggie Jackson's plate last season, and with Paul George being out last season for a good portion of it, 
it would be great it will be great to have wall there because it takes some of that load off of him so it's true you had Reggie Jackson who had to command facilitate the offense just a team just making sure they're in check and you had no Kawhi Leonard Paul George was on and off of injuries of course you had elbow injuries for PG for team and a lot of pressure was put on Reggie Jackson so his, what Paul George was saying was 100% accurate, 100% true. So I also do believe Gimp, John Wall was important. It was a piece they needed to get because they are able to take that load off with a guy like Wall, who's a seasoned veteran that's just been in that position before and who can do it. And that is... And that's pretty incredible because this guy is still averaging 20 points per game. His career averages is 19. So, you take that and you look at everything. He's averaging 43% on his career, 4 rebounds, and 9 assists. Like, when you look at that, that's going to take the load off significantly for Jackson. So, his plate, his load is going to be lessened. It's going to take off some stress. going to take off some pressure for Reggie. And that's what Paul George was highlighting. Both Kawhi and PG-13 was commenting saying, okay, when this team's super healthy, when this team's healthy enough, they're going to be good. You're going to see the real, true potential. You kept seeing that, uh, they kept saying that there was depth, to have tons of talent. So it was very interesting to hear their thoughts on it. So the Clippers, Clipper fans out there, y'all should be happy right now. Should be ecstatic because the season starts soon. Preseason is kicking off in like three days, four days, somewhere around there. When you have the Warriors taking on the Wizards. Yeah, it should be the Wizards. I'll have to check. It doesn't really matter right now. But I know it is a Warriors game. The NBA season, the regular season is tipping off in 22 days. So I'm excited for that, but this is going to be an incredible time. It's going to be Battle of L.A. I truly do believe that. But Noah Palau, he's going to try to be a two-way guard. He's going to try to do that. He's going to try to make a strong effort. He's going to try to show everyone during training camp what he's made of. He's going to try to be an all-star. Um, that's not necessarily one of the key takeaways, but I'm just adding to that. So when you're looking at everyone, you're like, okay, this if this is a healthy roster, Everyone else's hoes. If they have a healthy roster, they're a top three team in their conference. Without fail. Without fail. I see, And I think that's fair to say. I really do believe that's fair to say. Is it not? Uh, and also, their first preseason game is against the Trailblazers on October 3rd. And they have like a six-day uh, break. Right? So when you're in the Western Conference and it's loaded, and you're already getting better and you're stacked, like I'm just going to pull up the Clippers roster real quick because I want you guys to see how significant this really is. You got Kawhi, you got you got John Wall, you got Paul George, you got Noah Powell who wants to make a splash, Reggie Jackson, right, Zubak, uh, man, Terrence Mann, you got Luke Kennard, like you got guys. Amari Coffey still there. Uh, Batum is still Nicholas Nicola, uh, Batum is still there. Well, that's very hard for me to say. So that's his deep roster. They're loaded. So now you're gonna have two really good uh, point guards who can puff each other really good. So you have the starting group. And you have the second group. That's perfect. John Wall could come off the bench, or Reggie could come off the bench. Either way, it's always going to be a nice exchange. There's going to be no inconsistency in my mind, really. And it's going to work. I have no doubt for that. But then your forwards are taking care of Kawhi and Paul. Then you got Nora Powell backing up Paul. Then you got your centers taking care of. So you got, you got guys. You got guys. You got shooting guards. You got forwards. You got point guards, like you got excellent shooters. 
Luke Kennard's a good spot shooter. He's a good three-point shooter. I believe that. His dry game's good also to a certain extent, right? But I would take it more of like a off-the-dribble type shooter, uh, catch-and-shoot type guy. He's like a three-point guy to me. Like how much, I know he's like, he has to be like in the 40s for his three-point percentage. Has to be. And I'm sorry I don't have that sound on the top of my head. I was just thinking about that now, but uh, he's only 26. Try to find out his free point percentage. Yeah, 42%. That is phenomenal. If you really do think about it, that's phenomenal. 42.5% from the field, uh, from free point line, that's perfect. That's what you want. And he's pretty consistent. Like, that's pretty consistent. So you take that. So this is a low team. So when that team's healthy, they're just a threat. And you also have to incorporate a tie lose there. The former Cleveland Cavalier coach that won the 2016 NBA Finals with LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Love. And all of their guys. But of course, you had that core free. A big free for Cleveland. Before everything just started to become dismantled and tensions flared. Right, but besides that. So, coaching staff is solid. Roster is beyond solid. It's like gifts sent from heaven. So why not? So if everything's healthy, if everyone's healthy, everything everyone's healthy, everything goes well, why not take advantage of that? They they're easily with that team, the way they're constructed, with that coaching staff, with their chemistry, with that locker room culture, with the way they just interact and the way they play, and how serious and fun they take the game, that's easily a fifty win team. Easily. Without doubt. Easily. Prove it. Prove to me otherwise. Prove to me otherwise. You can't. They're a 50-plus win team. They're arguably a 52-win team, a 55-win team. Not a 60-win team, but they're in that 50 category. So, that was... So, yeah, that was really for the Clippers. They had different guys chiming in, like Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Norm Palau. Even though row isn't a key takeaway, I'm just throwing them in. But when you're looking at that, those are really good key takeaways. That should make you guys excited. And yeah. Now, Trouble in Paradise? Maybe, maybe not. And I say that because of this. The Raptors are in a very good, bad situation. And I mean that, and I mean that with no disrespect. So one of the key takeaways was that Fred VanVleet and the Raptors have been in contract talks. They've been in contact, going through those negotiation process, just talking. However, they don't want that information to become public. They will get a deal done, but it will take time. Um, and that's obviously, you have to remember, it's going to take time. He originally signed a three-year contract. It's almost coming up. So you're going to ink a deal with him. It's just going to take time. they got to make sure it hits the right money. Financials got to be set. Years got to be set. It just got to make sense for both sides. As if many do not know, Fred VanVleet is the ultimate underdog turned superstar, in my opinion, because he went from being undrafted to making tons of money, making a name for himself, and just being almost like the face of franchise, or at least one of those faces of franchise, being able to lead his team. I 100% uh, believe that. And the Raptors know that, and the Raptors said they have no intentions of losing Fred Van Vliet. They said they value him very highly. They want, They don't want him to leave. They want him to stay. So they're not going to pull um, anything crazy where they're like, okay, we're going to slow. No, they want to get this thing done. They want to lock him back up. They don't want to play around, which makes sense. They don't want to play around with one of their best players on that team. And there you have some issues with OJ and Nobi, even though um, that the Raptors are like, you know what, it's all good. We're going to praise you still. We still want to leave. We get your disgruntled. And there's rumors of that. There were some reports going around. I don't know how much of that is true, but 
they're they're still singing his praises. They're still singing Ananobi's praises. But right now, the key takeaway is this: Fred VanVleet and the Raptors have been in contract talks. However, they don't want that information to become public, which makes sense. They will get a deal done, but it will take time. That's why I have to think that a deal will get done. All he's been implying it. That's all they've been doing was been implying it. Like, I'm not gonna pull 180. Unless they go a whole free 16, just mess with everyone's minds, just come back to this, and they're like, yeah, you know what? Psych. And then a whole thing. But I, I, I really do believe that this Raptors team can be special. Because they're also talking on Scotty Barnes. And they don't want to put pressure on Scotty Barnes, but they're like, he's going to take another step forward. And again, that's something. So I'm incorporating now with the with the Raptors. So they're like, okay, uh, Yari, I, I can't say the guy's name. So that's why I'm just referring to him as the Raptors. I don't want to be disrespectful here because I, I can't pronounce the guy's name. And I'm not going to do that for such because I, I don't know how to say his name. Mazia Yurji? That's the team's president. I don't know. All I know is that, I want to say his name so bad, but I can't. So that's what I'm referring to the Raptors. But the Raptors do believe he's going to take another step forward. Don't want to put pressure on him, which makes sense because they don't want all that hype building up. And it's like, okay, now it's going to be some really tough expectations to reach where the ceiling is going to be even raised higher. And it's going to be really unfair. And there's going to be screwing, judgment, just criticism coming out of Yin Yang, stuff like that. But this should be encouraging for the Raptors. You got great news for Scotty Barnes. The hype is still very real. The Raptors are loving what they're seeing. They're, and it's it's proven. It's a testament, right? By not trading him. By saying he's untouchable. Uh, Fred Fleet, that deal is going to get done, at least in my mind. I'm reaching out to people as we, as we are seeing all this unfold. But from my understanding, a deal will get done. The Raptors said themselves, or at least they implied it, that a deal will get done. They don't want to lose them. But it just comes down to financials, years, and who will give in to the demands if it ever got to that point. So that was the Raptors. Now let's get down to uh, some of the messier topics. Let's get down to Kyrie Irving and the Nets. So Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. They're all expressing it that okay, um, we're refocused. We're just moving forward. We had this in the offseason, but we're moving forward. We want to move forward. Let's pull this draw behind us. We want to move forward. Uh, Kevin Durant um, just made made his mind very clear. Said his words very clear. You couldn't misunderstand him. Mistake for anything else. But now this is really interesting. I'm not going to talk about anything else besides this. Kyrie Irving said during that press conference, during that interview, press conference interview, that he was offered a four-year, $100 million contract, somewhere around there, but it was $100 million plus. The only reason why that didn't go through was because of him being unvaccinated. You might have a whole thing about the Nets not wanting him to play, not being a part-timer. The injuries got worse, and he did become part-timer. It was a whole controversy. It was a whole thing. And now Kyrie's like, I gave up four years. I gave up all of that money just because it was bigger than me. I wasn't just doing it. He, and he even said he hates some of the narratives that he was just doing this, just for himself and stuff. But it was bigger than him, he said. But yeah, he, he gave up all of that money. He gave up. What like twenty five million a year? Yeah, let me make sure I'm doing the math correctly. But should be twenty five million a year. Yeah, it was twenty five million dollars a year. That's a lot, and he gave it up. Now he's already plenty rich, and for a lifetimes to come. But still, a guy took a stance, and it's like whoa. Unexpected in some ways. Unexpected for sure. 
And even though you can disagree with his stance, you still have to applaud him. You still have to say, okay, you have to respect him in some ways. Because it's like, wow, not many people would do that. Not many players would do it. Just get the, they would just get the jab. They would just get the vaccine, right? Like we saw with, who was it, like Andrew Wiggins? I think it was Andrew. From the um, Golden State Warriors. Yeah, it, it was crazy to it was crazy to hear that because I'm like, huh. Um, he gave up that much. He gave twenty million per year. That's that's pretty crazy. Because that is a bold stance. Even if you disagree, you can't say he didn't give up a lot to take that stance that was bigger than himself. Because Kyrie Irving said his contract extension was supposed to be figured out last offseason before training camp. However, due to the controversy around him not being vaccinated, that stalled those contract talks. And there was also, real quick, just some side stuff. Kyrie was saying uh, that he didn't appreciate the fact that when it came to the vaccine mandate and not taking the vaccine, the narrative such opinions around him changed on how that could be damaging his career within Brooklyn. Stuff like that. Um... He used the word honor a lot, but Kyrie Irving never, he said he never recruited Kevin Durant back to the Nets. He said he would let Kevin Durant just be, he would just leave him alone, and he would honor his decision. So, yeah, they just, both guys just want to move past. Kyrie said he felt embarrassed after getting swept by the Boston Celtics. But that's to be expected, right? You never want that to happen. But yeah, both big. Kevin Durant was also preaching on accountability with players. He wants them to be responsible. Pardon me. And accountable. He wants everyone to be uh, accountable. Just does. And Kevin Durant also said that he wasn't surprised he didn't get traded. Because he knows how good of a player he is. That the organization couldn't simply just trade him away. They just couldn't do it. it. It wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't be logical. But yeah. So there was a lot. There was a lot that was unfolded, unpacked. Right? I probably just contradicted myself, but y'all understand. I find it really interesting. Because if you think about it, here's a guy who gave up all that money. Here's another guy that was criticizing the front office, gave him an ultimatum, then pretty much come back. But it was to be expected. And Kyrie was just going to honor his decision. Honor Katie's decision of if he wanted to stay or not. How messy things were going to get. So it's very interesting when you look at everything. It really is. Because Kyrie and... Katie led that offseason with a lot of controversy, with a lot of unknowns, especially Kevin Durant. You already knew of Kyrie, he was coming back. Right? That was simple. He was coming back because of the player option. He was opting in for that. So you had the option. But then you had the whole Kevin Durant saga. And the Raptors also commented on that. That it did entertain the fact that they could get Kevin Durant. That's known. They, they said that on media day. And he also said about uh, Suns, I think James Jones or Money Williams or maybe both, one of them, or maybe neither of them said it, but I saw one of them did say and talk about Kevin Durant and possibly getting, getting him, right? But, um, that's where it would be with the Brooklyn Nets. There's still a lot of questions surrounding them, but it was normal. They wanted to get through it. They just wanted to take that next step forward. And no one was really blaming them. No one could blame them. A lot of questions were asked. Uh, hopefully a lot of clarity was asked. Again, on my YouTube page, uh, Corte Heat, I do have those videos up. Especially Kevin Durant not being, uh, not liking what kind of question he was given. Right? So I do have some of those videos up. So if you want to check those out, go ahead by all means. But yeah, so you, we've already covered the Clippers, we've covered the 
Nets, Raptors. Now, let's cover Chris Middleton in the box. The box, well, I'm going to try happen. Like, everything was normal. Giannis Antetokounmpo spoke his mind. Everyone really spoke their mind, being honest. Just saying what they had to say. Answering reporters' uh, questions. But Chris Middleton did give an update. An update was given about Chris Middleton. And it's found through media day that he is most likely out for the start of the regular season due to his left wrist injury and requiring surgery. He said that happened during the All-Star break, and it was just very unfortunate. And so then he had to just take a leave of absence due to injury, and now he's just trying to continue that rehab process. There's no fancy warning I could give. I can't expand it out. It's just fact that he's most likely out for the start of the regular season due to his left wrist injury. That required surgery. That required that extensive Intensive care, right? So, you have that. That is not the best. That is not what you want to hear. That is definitely something that can sour the mood, that can sour the vibe that everyone's having. Because ideally, you do not want that to happen. And ideally, you want for the start of the season. Now, you still got Drew Holiday, Bobby Portis. Giannis Antetokounmpo, obviously. You got all those guys. Uh, you made some additions, right? Subtractions were made, but still a very good team. They're looking for a championship, and they're going to have to start the season most likely without Chris Middleton, one of their top three best players on that roster. Uh, next up, we have Dylan Brooks and the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. Funny, well... Funny and not funny. If you're a Memphis Grizzly fan, not funny. If you're not and you hate the team, this is really funny. So when asked by a reporter about receiving a contract extension, Dylan Brooks declined answer and he said he didn't want to talk about it. That's really interesting when considering the fact that guys would give some indication. Now, it could be a whole Fred Van Vliet thing about it, like, well, we're just gonna, we don't want this to become public information. We're gonna get a deal done, but it will take time. Maybe that type of scenario. But Dylan Brooks shot that down definitively. Definitively did not want to be bothered by such question. Yeah, he just shot that down within seconds. So could he begin a contract extension? Could he not begin a contract extension? There was always reports of him being traded. Dylan Brooks did not want to look into that, though. But, yeah, he's 26, averaging 18 a game. I don't know. Should he be traded? Should not be traded? But here's the thing. He did not want to talk about... Um... Just did not want to talk about... The contract extension, he just did not. He didn't. And many people are hoping that Dylan Brooks does get his mojo back at 2022-23 for that season. They're hoping that Dylan Brooks is the long-term answer at power forward. He's obviously been picking up really good numbers, especially for being a former second-round pick who originally went to 2017 NBA draft, who was pick number 45. So when you look at that, been with the Memphis Grizzlies his entire career, who's been on and off healthy. The last time he played 82 games was his rookie season. The last time he played above 70 games, 2019. The last time he played above 60 games was in 2020. And then he had 32 games in 2021, but of course he was dealing with injuries. But he was having career high numbers in assists, rebounds, field percentage. Points, and that's pretty much it in those main categories. But yeah, so very interesting. I'm not going to read too much into detail. 
I don't think he wants to go public about this. Maybe they didn't want him to go in public, so he was forced just to decline that. Who knows? Maybe he'll feel more comfortable in a little bit in the upcoming future weeks, whenever. But yeah, he just shot that down. He did the kind answer, and he said he didn't want to talk about it. So all you can do, you just gotta move on. You can't keep asking the guy because at one point he's just gonna get frustrated. Or he's just gonna start just by putting out misinformation. And yes, athletes have done that before, where they've thrown off reporters, or journalists, um, anyone. Really trying to get the inside scoop where they're like, oh, we're just going to throw a little misdire uh, misdirection, misinformation, stuff like that. Just to get them off our backs, off our trail, and we could just do things how we're originally going to do it without them having to announce to the world first. But yeah, that was the Grizzlies. Um, nothing else significant. John Morant just said that the Grizzlies aren't feeling any pressure right now. They just want to take their talents to a whole new level. They just want this team to go to a whole new level. And they're just competing for a championship. It's pretty standard stuff. It's not really a key takeaway. But it was like a sub-takeaway that I will address because why not? Sometimes you gotta. Uh, next up, we have the Charlotte Hornets. I really did not want to talk about this, but I kind of have to because this is a key takeaway. Because nothing else from the Charlotte Hornets really was major. So let's get into it. It involves Lamelo Ball and that piece of trash you call a human being, Miles Bridges. Um, so Lamelo Ball said that he has spoken with um, Miles Bridges often. He's hoping he can return to the team this upcoming season. I can see why Lamelo Ball wants him back. Uh, the Hornets have really done nothing to give. Uh, weapons to Lamelo. It's been kind of um, bad to say the least. He definitely misses him. He hopes they can return. Uh, Miles Bridges, 24. What's his stats? I don't care, but I got look. He is averaging 20 points per game. Uh, almost a block, almost a steal, four assists, and seven total rebounds per game. Um, so I can see why he's missing them. The Hornets actually went backwards. So, well, you can't really count the small transactions, like the small moves, small signings. You lost a big piece. You did lose a big franchise piece. And Lamelo's not happy about that. You already saw the complaints. You saw the rumors that he just was disgruntled, frustrated, not happy. With the front office because they got rid of a coach, James Borrego, that was doing very well. And now they didn't do anything for him. They give him no pieces. Look, Miles Bridges is a horrible human being who traumatizes kids and beats his wife. Um, so that that's great. That's um, I can't tell you just how sickening that really is. And I already give him my thoughts on that. I'm not going to relive it. But from a basketball perspective... You want to see him back on the Hornets, especially if you're Omel because of how good he is. But I would never want to see that piece of trash in real life because he's a piece of garbage. And, um, yeah, you, you just don't traumatize children, especially your own kids, and you just don't beat your wife. But whatever. I, for, I forget sometimes the power that uh, celebrities like Miles Bridges has. Like, what privileges he has. Yeah. So, long story short, Lamelo Ball desperate. He wants Miles Bridges back. And he's hoping that he can return to the team this upcoming season. Yeah, there's really nothing else to say about that. The rest of it, there was like nothing else interesting coming out of that press conference interview for any other player, for any other coach. Um... Joe manager, whatever. No one else would have anything else valuable to say that would uh, make me want to put key takeaways. I put them on the key takeaways list. And now last week, last week guys, we have Shea Gilgis-Alexander and the Oklahoma City Thunder. 
So this is great news, guys. I'm ecstatic. I love Shea Gilles Alexander. That's one. Two, this is great news. I believe that he's going to be a great fit for a team, obviously, with all the new additions. That's what I mean by it. But the Thunder are stacked, and it's continuing to be that way. Shea Gilgit Alexander wants to stay in OKC. He has no intentions. Ooh. Sorry, it's my bad. Shea Gilgit Alexander wants to stay in OKC, has no intentions of leaving. If he stays, they're going to have Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, Shea, of course, uh, Lou Dort, uh, Trey Mann, all those guys. There's Baisley, uh, Derek Favors, Aaron Wiggins, all those guys. Jalen Williams, and they're Jalen Williams. Maybe they're related. Because they gave exact last name and almost exact name. Just pronounce the same. Either way, it doesn't matter. But yeah, so that team's style. You take the first four guys Chet, Josh, Shea, Lou. You take that. You take that all day. And there was a lot of trade discussion. There was a lot of rumors like, would Shea want to stay? And Shea said he knew what he was signing up for. He knew what he was getting himself into by signing that contract for like five years. For a huge contract. He said he's not phased by it. He said he knew what was coming. He doesn't think that their losing days are that much in the future anymore. He says he's going to be put behind them. He thinks that they're going to become a really good team. Now, Chet's done for the season, but when they get him back, their losing future is going to be over and it should become a winning future. So I am excited for that team. I really am. I think there's going to be some great things coming out of Oklahoma City. Without fail, I 100% believe that. I don't know how many times I said without fail, no doubt, 100%. I don't know how many times I've said those phrases or words or even numbers. But yeah, that's the update. That was the key takeaway from the OKC Funder from Shay, of course. So I'm excited. This is going to be something very positive, very motivating for the funder and their fan base so do not sleep on them this is going to be very very interesting and that is it guys i have for this section of the podcast the key takeaways from the nba media day of 2022 again you can catch all the recaps um in written form on twitter it's twitter.com slash courtside heat or just pun hashtag nba media day and majority of our tweets pop up because we own that hashtag. We control, we dominate it. We do whatever we want with that hashtag pretty much. But, yeah. Again, Twitter, Instagram will have some videos. Same with Facebook. Same maybe with, no, nah, not with Tumblr. But, yeah, check the site too. But, yeah, visuals, audios, we got you covered. So, yeah, that's that section. But now let's get into the big part. We're not going to talk about Jay Crowder tonight or tomorrow. Yeah. Not about to talk about Jay today. Sorry, I'm running like on a few hours of sleep here. I'm like only getting like four or five hours of sleep or something. Oh, my brain. But yeah, today we're not going to talk about him. But Wednesday, tomorrow, we will talk about Jay Crowder. In our mini episodes, because remember, I did say I was going on vacation. I was going to do 15, 20, 30 minute short podcast episodes focusing on one topic each. So, we're not going to talk about Jay Crowder, even though some juicy information came out. But we're going to analyze something further, and that is the Phoenix Suns and the Andre Ayan. So, everything was as it should have been for the Suns in terms of questions asked. Um, everyone answered. To all the Robert Sarver questions. Uh, James Jones, Maya Williams found unacceptable. Same with Devin Booker, uh, DeAndre and Chris Paul. They all found unacceptable action, just unacceptable behavior, unacceptable all the way around. DA said that his thoughts are with the victims, uh, the ones that were pretty much abused. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but yeah, abused under 
the rule of um, Robert Sarver. James Jones said that he he um, stands with his decisions. Um, he's okay with Robert Sarver, Robert Sarver selling the team. Devin Booker was taken back because it was never the Robert Sarver that he knew. Never said the N-word around. Never had that um, for a persona. He never had that personality around him. Just was a completely different guy. And of course, Chris Paul chimed in about basketball, Robert Sarver, all of that stuff. All of that stuff. That the freest time, like the freest moments is when you're just playing pick up basketball. It's playing basketball with your teammates or whatever. And you have no distractions, no cell phones, no electronics of any kind. But he got for all of that stuff, so it was pretty normal. That was everything it should have been for the Suns, right? That's pretty normal. Everyone was in character besides DeAndre Ayn. DeAndre Ayn was very serious. And when he was asked about his contract and if he was happy or whatever, well, how excited he was, um, it was a whole, like, I forgot the question exactly. But D.A. responded, and he seemed upset and forced to say that he was happy, and he was happy for it all to be over. Aiden was pretty much lifeless, and then a little comfortable in saying what he said. He looked a lot more serious, and not his normal relaxed joking self. Maybe he's changing his attitude, maybe, but something just fell off, it looked off. He didn't blink, like I was saying to myself, Blink twice if you need help. Like if you're if you see it as like, oh, he's happy that the Suns resigned. He's happy with the contract. No, watch the video. Watch the video. Um, it did not look good. I don't know how happy he is to be with the Phoenix Suns. I don't know if he really wanted to go to the Pacers. I don't know how much he wanted to come back to the Suns. I don't know if he's just trying this new attitude or he's trying to become more locked in. He's just trying to be more focused. I don't know. But he just looked miserable. He looked lifeless. He looked uncomfortable. Um, again, a no disrespect to DeAndre Ayn. It's just how it looked. It's how it appeared. How it came off. And he said it was happy for it to be over. But he was like very monotone. Same voice. And it's like, what the heck? It just looked off. Nothing looked right. It just looked different. It looked very out of control. It, not out of control in that sense, but it's like, huh. You would think he would show more enthusiasm. Just wasn't the same old joke himself. And maybe we're reading too much into that. Maybe we're not, but very serious. Just looked out of it. I don't know. I don't know. This could be good. This could be bad. This could create more storylines for the Phoenix Suns. But when you see everyone else in character acting the way I always have acted, but, in, but you see DeAndre just not acting his usual self, and that's alarming, especially when it comes to his contract, how happy he is. He just said happy. And the, even the reporter was cough, cough guard when he just gave a few word response, and the reporter was like, is that all? It's like, yeah. So what DA's response was to that question. He's like, yeah. He was done. He didn't want to do it. Again, maybe he's at, maybe he's changed his attitude, but son just felt off. He gave like Shaq vibes to me. Personally, he gave Shaq vibes. He did. But maybe I maybe I'm just uh, reading too much into this. Who knows? Look, I think overall the Phoenix Suns media day is where the team is still very upset. About how last season ended. You sprinkle in the Sarver drama. You have a chip on their shoulder. Uh, you had a crazy offseason where trades could have been happening for Kevin Durant. DeAndre was coming up and you didn't know if you were going to get him back or not. There was a lot of unknowns, a lot of uncertainties. But then it was like, whoa, who's this guy that's... Now all of a sudden you got DA is coming in like all oh, seriousness, maturing maybe. Maybe he's maturing. He's working in his game, he's working on his attitude. He's like, you know what, I'm maturing. And that could be it. That could be it. But I'm not gonna read too much into it. But it is kind of concerning. It is really concerning. We find out that's like, 
oh, no, no, he just really does hate the team. He didn't want to be here. He really doesn't want to be on contract for the next four or five years. Doesn't want to, even though he's getting paid all the money, he just really wanted to go to the Pacers. Um, again, nothing materialized out of that, obviously. And he can't be traded to the next upcoming NBA trade deadline. So he's going to be rock and roll for the trade, uh, training camp sessions. Uh, training camp does start today. That's all I have for you guys today. I got all the key takeaways from the NBA Media Day of 2022. We analyzed further the Phoenix Suns, but I wanted to highlight that key takeaway from the Phoenix Suns. You got all these sprinkling in moments, but while well, very important, not discrediting that, no disrespect, but I wanted to focus on this because it's like, bro, blank. You're just like so lifeless, so dull. Your facial experience, you don't even move in your mouth. You had more life, more action to Robert Sarvin than you did by your own contract, but the money you're making, but the team you're going to be spending the next five years with, in theory. So I just wanted to bring that to your guys' attention because it's like, wow. It just seemed like it was forced to say that he was happy. And he was happy for it all to be over. Maybe he just was stressed. Maybe it was just a plea that it all took place. Maybe he was still just trying to get over how Game 7 of the second round went against the Dallas Mavericks. Who knows? All I know is that things happen. They're still trying to get over that. Kevin Durant got sprinkled in. DeAndre Durant's news got swept in there. A lot of things happen. And now they're just winning, hungry, and they're trying to get back. That would make sense. And without further ado, guys, I am concluding today's podcast episode. That's all I got for y'all. I will see you on Wednesday. It would just be not a regular podcast episode. It would be a mini a mini podcast episode just highlighting a topic per day. But as I'm going on vacation from Friday to Monday, but I'll get things out to where it takes you into Friday into your weekend. Um, tomorrow, Wednesday, 8 a.m., we'll be talking about Jay Crowder and where the Suns all went wrong and if Cam should have gotten a star rule and those added benefits, those added privileges over the vet. We will discuss that here tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Remember, you know where to find SoundCloud iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Amazon, all those different places, all those nice places, uh, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Tumblr, Instagram, all of those places, but keep checking us out on Twitter, we're just mailing on there, fast information, get it out quick, and don't always have to post a video or photo or something, it could just be plain old text, which is nice, remember CourseHeat.com, CourseHeat.Substack.com. Remember, hit us up on Patreon. Get some cool perks. Send in some cash. Just do it up big. And you guys will not miss it. You guys can get exclusive Q&As. So, you got some perks going for y'all. Um, so, without any anything else to say, I'm going to sign off. I'll see y'all Wednesday. I hope this summed it up nice. And, yeah. Peace out, y'all. I'll see y'all Wednesday.